Welcome back in. It is the 12 o'clock hour of the program on this fine Tuesday in the state of Wisconsin. Ben Kenny Grant Bills in for Bill Michaels today. Bill is on vacation. He will be back on Monday. Did Bill go somewhere cool? He goes, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, to a lake house with his family somewhere a little southern. Not in the south, but in the southern states, not in this state, Uh if I'm not mistaken. That's usually where... Does he go back to Cincinnati, where he's from? I think he stops there. I'm not completely sure. But I'm sure we will get many a vacation story uh, when he returns. I don't know if you heard this, Grant, but... He had some funny uh, July 4th anecdotes when he came back from that trip. What happened? Uh, Let me find the drop. Here it is. I beat myself. I couldn't help it. (laughs) I have a a bill drop uh, as well. Hold on while we're playing this game. Smoking pot. Um, (laughs) So maybe the two are connected. That's good. That's good. He did pee himself over the 4th of July? Yeah, he told this story. He was trying to get out of a boat after he was cleaning it or something and then slipped and he got up and he was just, you know, covered in covered in urine. And his own urine. Yeah, very I, I guess ah. excited to tell that. I mean, something I have learned as time has gone on and the more I've worked on this show is that mm-hmm. most of the things that go on in my life are usually used for content. Like right. I I had a terrific week talking about the ethics of landlords and whether they should take away your air conditioning when it's a hundred degrees. It all works that way. You know, yesterday you I got talked your about air conditioning taken away. No, uh, th- this was in May. Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. Yes. Okay. Uh, yesterday we talked about not only you not showing up to work, <laughs> but classic I, at a coffee shop, someone else picked up my sandwich and then realized it wasn't theirs after six minutes and put it back. And then I took it. And I didn't know if I should ask for a new one or not, but I didn't. And I went and ate it. I probably wouldn't have either. Was it maybe a cute woman who was trying to break the ice with you and have a conversation? No. And you just missed it? Whatever you just described, imagine the exact opposite. (laughs) I don't don't know what the exact opposite would be. Um, Yeah. So some old sweaty man took your sandwich and then you ended up eating it. Yeah. Close to that. Pretty close. But talked about that. My entire life is content. If it happens to me, it's coming out on my show for the most part. That's what the people want, and and we have to deliver. 877-867-1670 if you want to get a hold of the program. Uh, Still talking Brewers. We'll get to some Packers stuff a little later. Again, Asher Lowe, he is at the NBA Summer League. He's going to join us at 1 o'clock, talk a little Buck Summer League, whatever the hell happened last night. More importantly, what the young guys look like, what Johnny Davis looks like, his experience in Vegas not drinking and instead watching basketball. So he'll join us at 1. We have some Packers stuff. There's some sports radio stuff to get to coming up later this hour. I'm excited for crazy rant out in New York that I want to play you a little bit of. But so, granted, it's been tossed out. Obviously, the Mm -hmm. All-Star break is coming up here next week. It was tossed out by our fine colleague Nelson weeks ago, months ago. I heard after the seventh game of the season, he said, I th- actually, I remember this day vividly because my first thought was, why are we having this conversation on the seventh day of the season? But nonetheless, his thought was, we need Yelich to play and participate in the home run derby. Now that thought has been shared by several others, including 
constant contributor to your show, David Gasper, on reviving, mm-hmm. uh, reviewing the brew. I always read it. I think it says reviving, and it, it's weird. Anyway. I got you. So far, participants that have been announced are Pete Alonzo of the Mets, two-time defending champion. Uh, I think that all goes without saying. He's awesome. Ronald Acuna Jr. of the Braves. Albert Pujols, which is so cool. That stupid. They, that they oh. look stupid? Okay. Yeah, I just, I'm over it. I thought you were about to also hate on it, so I was going to jump in in support with you, but I guess we're, this is awkward. No, it's cool. Listen, he's playing the all-star game. They need to do this more often. For all of the all-time greats that are in their last go-around, they should allow all of them a special exemption into the all-star game as a final celebration. I think it's awesome. I think he's going to suck in the Derby, but I'll watch every second of it. I mean, this was probably the greatest player of my generation. Yeah, but then we always talk about how baseball also needs to market its young stars better. And maybe it's uh, maybe they're not connected. Maybe they can market their young stars better and also let old as dirt Albert Pujols into the All-Star game. But I don't know. I just, I just didn't like it. You know how they can market their young stars better is stop. Trade them to Milwaukee? Well, that's one great idea. I uh, cannot confirm nor deny the rumors started on this show, to be clear, and by callers that, you know, Otani. But how they can market their stars, how about not needing every team to have a representative? How about getting the 32-year-old Michael Saunders out of the All-Star game and getting young guys that people want to watch? You know, I don't need David Bednar on the Pirates. Terrific season. I like I don't need every team to have a representative. I think it's so stupid. When I was watching 53 win Philadelphia Phillies baseball teams, they sucked. They were horrible. I still watched. I was a psychopath, but I didn't it didn't change my fandom to see the best bad player on that horrible team playing the all-star game. I didn't care if they made it or not. Then they put him in. If anything, it was more of a slap in the face that Pat Neshek, who only had five appearances all year and a 1.1 ERA, was in the damn All-Star game. He sucked. Yeah, I, I also think baseball just needs to get rid of mechanisms that make it easier for owners and GMs to be cheap and bad. There's so many teams in baseball that aren't trying to be good. And guess what? If you won't fork over money for an All-Star or you won't try to acquire an all-star, you don't get an all-star. So I'm with you on this. I agree. Not every team should get one. So, but the Derby, back to the Derby. So Pujols is in it, as I mentioned, Acuna, Alonzo, Pujols. And these are people who have committed to it. There are more names to be filled. Juan Soto is in it as well. He did it a couple years ago. And the NL leader in home runs, absolute tank at the plate, Kyle Schwarber. So the question here is, Grant, I'll throw this to you first. Should Christian Yelich, as a way to maybe recapture some of his exit velocity prowess and home run hitting prowess, should he participate in the home run derby? So the best case scenario is this recalibrates his swing and he comes out the other side a better man with more power. And I suppose you could make the case that that could happen. Sure. But what's the worst case scenario? Like if you were to go out in the home run derby and hit no home runs and just rip a bunch of grounders to first, is he toast at that point? He just went out in front of a national audience and fell on his face in, in a setting where it's supposed to be easy to hit home runs. He still couldn't hit any. I feel like at that point he's, he's done. And that scares me. Huh? I never thought about what it'd be like if he didn't hit any and and what the failure would be like. I always just (laughs) thought of what it could do for him on the field. 
But I guess that connects back to that thing of what if Yelich played in like New York City or some large yeah. market crazy Philly. fan base kind of thing, crazy media. Uh, and uh, not not to compare the two, but you know, sports towns that are definite that have the that have the uh, that are thought of say as a little too hard on their players. Maybe that would be the same thing. It's like if he would be consistently failing. Not that he's failing now, like he's been much better in the leadoff spot. I think it could help, I guess. I don't really see a way it could hurt. Now, I don't think he'll win a round. I definitely don't think he'll hit more than Kyle Schwarber. But I don't really see how it hurts him at this point because the power numbers can't get worse, right? Like, he had a very good month of June. He had 291. He had uh, two doubles only. Or a couple doubles. He only had two home runs. Five doubles, excuse me. Two home runs, five doubles. Like, even though he was hitting close to 300, getting on base much more often, being more productive, he's the power still is just not there. Like, hitting 300 yeah, and having an OPS in the mid-700s is pretty damn hard to do. The good news might be that in July, he's only hitting 207, but uh, the on-base is very high, a lot of walks. The OPS is still okay. But the power can't get worse than it is right now. So I don't see how it could hurt. I guess that's where I stand. You're, it's true. The power can't get worse. He's a slap hitter. He's Jason Kendall for old-timer or more old-timer Brewers fans. That was a fun era. Um, so I'm with you. What the hell? But but is there any route to actually getting him in there? Like, what's that call to the league office sound like? Like, hey, we want Christian in the Derby. I know he never hits home runs, but <laughs> we just kind of want to use this as a as a – therapy like big kid could he do a practice round have him do a practice round <laughs> that's like or maybe have him be the pitcher just have him be there present yeah. that's like yeah. asking er- eric lauer do it have uh, eric lauer pitch to yelich in the home run <laughs> derby that'll fix him i was gonna bring up jason alexander in that light uh if if there are any righties out there or cubs i'm kind of pro jason alexander i kind of like him Oof. uh but that's kind of like asking steph curry to enter the dunk contest like, he can Can't dunk. Hurt. He has dunked before. I don't know how much dunking will be done. Yeah. Yeah. I. Okay. So, first of all, this is an amazing... I just want to say, before we're done with this, amazing take by our friend Nelson. I, I love this. This is creatively thinking, and he was on this weeks ago. I don't know where we go with it from now, but I think this conversation is fascinating. Well, I'll stop you there. I think it's a good take. I think he had it at a pretty insane time to have it he had it on the seventh Mm -hmm. day of the season like Mm -hmm. before Mm -hmm. he didn't look good but it was before we saw extended periods of slap hitting and no power and yeah we'd seen that for years prior but still on the seventh day of the year I'm not really thinking about the all-star break and who should participate in the derby so maybe it was a little early to the take but better early than late to be honest that's rowdy though I mean he's thinking months ahead years ahead which is maybe why he's so crabby all the time is he is perpetually looking forward to the next Packers playoff loss. If my <laughs> mind works like that, I'd be pissed off all the time too. It's fine. And there is the segment I was going to brand as Rogers talk. I was going to wait till later to do that. We can talk Rogers now. No, no, we'll do that coming up. There will be a Rogers talk segment. I figured we might just go read his latest tweets. I feel like I'm contractually obligated, even though it's July 12th and nothing's going on to talk a little bit of Rogers. Just because that's yeah. what that's what moves the needle. I gotta say I did it. I have to fill the quota. So we'll do Rogers talk coming up here before one o'clock. But 
The Yelich thing's interesting. I Yeah, I would like to see it if it's possible. I don't know what the process is. Maybe you have to have a certain amount of home runs to be offered to do it. But who knows? Like Maybe he goes out and does it. I'm sure there are examples in the past of he goes out and does it, and then the second half, he becomes a prolific power hitter. 2018, Yelich is back. Brewers go on a run, get hot, go to the World Series. I could see that happening. It's hard to see. You brought up a great comp in the 2014 Giants, right? Last year, partway through the season, oh, I love this team's World Series chances. All these great starters. You win with starting pitching. The team is really similar to last year. I actually like Renfro better than JBJ. I might like him a little bit more than Avi Garcia, too. McCutcheon is just a solid experience bat. I'm not saying they're way better than last year, but everything we thought about the Brewers last year, still true this year. And I think they have a better understanding of how this team operates and they can go with the trade deadline with a little bit more urgency. And I think they will. Yeah, I see that being true. Uh, Cone Roller, friend of the Wisco Sports Show, if I'm not mistaken, on Twitter hits us up. He says, can Chase Anderson pitch to Yelich in the home run derby? Nobody loved giving up more homers more than Chase Anderson. Don't get me started on Chase Anderson. The Phillies signed him. The Phillies? The Phillies yeah. signed him a couple years ago. They gave him a one-year, $4 million deal when there were so many better options out there. They signed Chase Anderson and Matt Moore, who I feel like are the exact same players. At their prime, they will give you a Zach Davies stat line of 12-12 and 12 <laughs> with a 4-6 and just eat innings. But when you call someone an innings eater, that inherently means they're not that good of a pitcher. It's kind of an insult to call someone an innings eater, because it means they're not good at doing anything else. Like Max Scherzer, or who's the guy on the... uh, Sandy Alcantara, that's who I'm thinking of, on the Marlins, has pitched the most innings in baseball. No one calls him an innings eater, because he is dominant. He's one of the best pitchers in baseball this season. So they got innings eater Chase Anderson, and he was just abysmal. Like one of of the worst half seasons I've seen since they didn't really, you know... uh, extend him past or they didn't let him throw once they got to like June uh, Z and the D hits us up again. He says, I don't care for Pujols or Miggy being in the all-star game. It is what it is. But what I do want is an all-star bunting competition like they do in Japan and South Korea. Here we go. Oh. Should Yelich do an all-star bunting competition to help his prowess when Craig council makes him bunt for the rest of the year. Your calls next. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seven. I mean, I what? I'd watch whatever. <laughs> Put it on TV. I'd watch. I watch the NBA skills competition. What the hell's the difference? Because the bunting competition, given where we sit today, if a brewer goes in, then we're just going to get mass hysteria every time they go up to the plate and don't bunt. Yeah. So I'm scared at the overcorrection that will happen if any of them come close to winning it. You know what made me laugh is he's talking about. Korea and Japan and baseball and other countries. But what about you know, China? People talk about, uh, or, or people talk <laughs> about uh, the NBA in Europe and how they teach their prospects how to play the right way. And it's not all like AAU crap. They oh, actually God. learn the game. Like, is there a, a route that we could take that the brewers need to take more of the Asian, Japanese, Korean baseball model where they actually teach their players the fundamentals of the game and not just home runs? Was that a legit question or a sarcastic one? I don't know, man. I, <laughs> the I think thing, something's there. That's what I'm saying. Something like, could be we there. Talk about that with the NBA all the time. 
something could be there with them being better at bunting and better at making contact consistently with the baseball. Yeah. I don't know if that's a fundamentals thing as much as it is a talent thing. Like I can't really expect Willie Adamas, who's shown a, a lot of strikeouts through his time, to suddenly become the best contact hitter ever. You know what I mean? I'm, 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 I'm a little sick of Willie Adamas. I hate it when people, oh, yeah, 16 home runs, 17 home runs. Do you watch the games? When was the last, like, meaningful home run he hit? They're all solo shots in the eighth inning when the game's over, and he had that one grand slam in garbage time. I am uh, frustrated with Willie Adamas. Can't argue with that. All right, 877-867-1670. More of the Bill Michaels Show. When we come back, Ben Kenny Grant Bills in for Bill today. When we come back, there was a terrific sports radio rant yesterday. We're going to talk about it. That's coming up next. This is something you want to hear. It's something that did enough to make me go on a 45-minute YouTube rabbit hole to find the best rants in sports radio history. We'll play it. We'll talk about it. Coming up next, it's the Bill Michaels Show. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back in. It is the Bill Michaels Show. Good day today. Uh, I am excited to get outside. Might play a little golf later as the sun sets. We'll see how the how the body feels later in the day. More importantly, how the mind feels. Uh, Grant, are you, I assume you're not making it out to our our zone golf outing coming up here in August fifth. Uh, I actually, so I actually want to go, but here's the issue. Tell me, how do I deal with this? So the golf outing is the fifth. I start my vacation on the sixth. And I fly out west the morning of Saturday, the 6th. So I could come to Madison for the day on Friday. All right. Do my show from there. Go to the golf outing. I would just have to. I want to. I want to do that. I want to do that. It sounds, I do that? It sounds very easy to do. I feel like it's a you thing to get it done at that point. Yeah, but my my flight's out of the city. Yeah, whatever. It's just driving. Out of I Milwaukee? You're probably the same way. I love driving. I listen to podcasts and sports radio. No issue. Speaking of sports radio, so yesterday, uh, I love a good sports radio rant. I think the great thing about this format and this media and why I've been so attracted to it my entire life, why I could never stop listening, is a, a podcast, you're not live, so you don't get the live interaction with callers. But the way that sports radio is, is you never know when someone could just blow up. When something happens, whether it's something a caller says, whether it's something that happened in a game and then the blow up happens and you feel like as a listener, you were there for that significant moment in the middle of it. It's hilarious. But then afterwards you kind of, I feel like there's a validation there of, Oh yeah. Did, did you hear this nut job rant that this guy went on today? So over in New York on 98, seven ESPN on the Michael K show, Don LaGreca, who I figure he is the co-host of the Michael K show has Uh, works in a big-time sports radio presence in New York. He's talking to a caller. They're talking about Joey Gallo. Now, this is the funniest part of... Did you watch the whole video, Grant, and not just the the blow-up? The the funniest part to me is that he's weirdly defending Joey Gallo. Like, I, I get what he's saying, but I don't know why he's dug in so much on defending Joey Gallo. The funny part to me is the fact that they have to nitpick so deep 
that a backup outfielder hitting 167 is as if the sky is falling for a team. Don's whole argument is, what's the Yankees' record without Jolie Gallo? It's the exact same. They are an unstoppable baseball team. So the fact you have to dig that deep to find something to criticize. Like you talk about the Brewers. I mean, it's pretty easy, honestly. You know, timely hitting usually isn't there. There's been injuries. The pitching has struggled a little bit. Craig Council pulled Brandon Woodruff too late on Saturday. They lost because of that. Things like that. So anyway, the, the, the call persists and the caller just will not really take what the host is saying. Eventually says you are only where you are because of Michael K. And this was the ensuing exchange and response. It was great. Oh my God! Is that K, you think so? So that's what you need to do. Look, stop with your Michael K. I'm on the air. I, mean, I worked at the fan before Michael K. I do Ranger games without Michael K. Sixteen years doing pre and post for the Jets. Guess what? No Michael K. I got a podcast that's in the top fifty in every country on the planet. No Michael K. I've got two kids. I've got a wife. Seventeen K. years. I'll be married to her in September. Guess what? No, Michael K. I've got hair <laughs> that people would die to have. Michael K. Nothing. I'm a fabulous driver. Michael <laughs> K. has got nothing to do with it. I'm one of the best friends you could ever have in your life. Zero to do with Michael K. Do not ever say to me, you wouldn't have the guts to say it to my face. Michael K.'s got nothing to do with what I am and who I am. I can work with Michael K. I can work without Michael K. You better bring it. Ooh. So there's that. Um, my favorite part by far is when he says he is a fantastic driver and Michael K. had nothing yeah. to do with it. The things that were thrown in there. And, and then at the end, I would have to go find the end of the clip, but they're about to go to break. Cause obviously you get wound up. You got to reset a little bit. And the guy Don just goes back into the mic and says, I hate you <laughs> to, the, to the caller that had dropped off. And the other host just lost it. He was like, let's take a break. Oh, it's so why good. Is there, why is there so much anger from this guy? What's he got going on? I feel like he just had all that pent up for a while and was just waiting for a chance. It feels kind of necessary. It's I, I mean, when everything goes too well, you need to find something to get worked up about, right? Like if you were covering the Yankees, if this was a Yankees radio show today, or if the Brewers yeah. were somehow 20 games up in the division and 30 games over 500 and every single piece of it worked and they had the AL MVP and a pitching staff that was terrific, you don't have the payroll for any of that. But if that was all happening somehow, you would need to find some things to get really worked up about. And eventually it'll end up being a caller pushing a little bit of a wrong button. I think Brewers fans would find a way to get upset if our team had the record of the Yankees. I think it would be they're peaking too early. They're not going to be able to sustain this. They're going to be cold in September. And Craig Council's focusing too much on home runs. Aaron Judge is only a home run hitter. We need to see more sack flies and balls put in play. And Brewers fans would say things like, I love all these home runs, but... Oh, there goes Grant again. We'll we'll get him back on. I'm with you, though. I, I feel like the nitpicking could happen. I mean, it goes back to the question I kind of asked uh, earlier in the show is at this point, I know the attitude is down a little bit after two pretty horrid weeks of baseball. That 10-game stretch we talked about, four and six, seven against Pittsburgh, three against Chicago. You back? 
Uh, am I? Yes. Yes. Very much. I I was saying it's I it goes back to the question that we were talking about earlier in the show. It's let in theory, if they were in the Yankees spot and there was nitpicking happening that no one bunts and this one pitcher pitched seven innings, but he could have pitched eight. Oh, like, yeah. What do the Brewers right now need to do aside from start winning every single game to get people behind them again? Because it, it's the same thing as like, it's the same situation as last year. They're just a little more banged up and they're getting cold in July instead of September, which might be good. I don't know that they need to do anything. I think they need to be aggressive at the trade deadline, get a good reliever, get a good bat. I actually like your idea of getting a bat and a starting pitcher and just shaking things up a little bit. Just an infusion of talent. I like that. And then just work on getting healthier. Work on putting together good series, good games, good homestands, and just build momentum slowly. I, I, I'm I, sorry, Brewers fans, but I don't think we're going to hit a point in the next month where you're going to think, okay, now I see it, if you don't see it already. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm with you. I, I, I'm with you. I think it, it's one of those things where firing a manager doesn't always change much in terms of who gets put in where and how the pitching Mm -hmm. is deployed, but it's an energy thing. And maybe this is just for the fan base. I'm sure in the room, they're totally good with where they're at, but getting a bat or getting a bat and an arm, no matter how large, I feel like the energy will switch. Like that bat comes in, you feel rejuvenated and then suddenly everyone's back in. Just bring in something new. I think that was Willie Adamas last year. When they got Adamas, we're like, who is this guy? Well, okay, that was me. I called him Willie Adams. It was Friday. I, it was whatever. It was like 4.30 on a Friday. I just, I meant bad things for my guy, Orlando RC, and I was upset. But That's I, I embarrassing. Don't think the point, I, I know, shut up. The, the, when they brought in Adamas, I don't think any of us thought, oh my God, this guy's an all-star. But it turned out he didn't need to really be an all-star. He was just a new face, a new personality, a new bat, and that shakeup can make a world of difference, right? Bringing in one bat could wake up Hunter Renfro for a week, Omar Narvaez for a week. It could have all of these different impacts all over the roster. That's why I like your Loriano. I'm coming around on that. I like that a lot. He's one of the guys like Adamas that is better than he is playing right now, I think is the best way to put it. Definitely better than his numbers show. But you you line up his numbers, and and I'll pull them up again right here. Uh, you line up his numbers next to every single person on the Brewers, and it looks like the exact same. This year, he's hitting – tell me if you've heard this before, Grant. He's hitting 241 with an on-base in the, in the 300, 330, and his OPS is 737. His OPS plus is 115. He is literally every single guy in that lineup. Yet, I think the ability is there for more to come. Terrific center yeah. fielder, something different. An everyday guy, finally. Uh, 877-867-1670. Let's go back to the phones. Line one, you're on the Bill Michaels Show. Who do we got? Hey, guys. Brad from Eau Claire. How's it going? What's up, Brad? What's on your mind? Hey, uh, as far as the Brewers go, I think we are a net worse team than we were a year ago. Not by a lot. The pitching's a little bit worse. The bats are about the same. No improvement in the offseason. Re- no real improvement. Well, what so, we need to do is get wait, I want to stop you there for a second. I want to stop you there for a second. Do you say that a little bit worse pitching wise, a little bit worse offensively? Do you think it's just because of the injuries? Is that all it is? Yeah, yeah. They were amazing. Our pitching staff was amazing last year. You can't expect that two years in a row. No, no pitching staff can do what we did last year twice. 
Yeah, everything was perfect, but I look at the offensive side, and I would argue they, they got considerably better in the offseason. No Jackie Bradley Jr. anymore. They acquired Hunter Renfro. McCutcheon has not lived up to expectations. I'll accept that. But they also added the DH, so it's kind of weird in that way. But uh, getting Hunter Renfro, I would argue, is a pretty considerable ad- addition. Uh, it's You went from a 250 average batting team to a 250 batting average team. It's, it's <laughs> the same team. We need to go out and get two, if not three, 280-plus bats because Ugh. everybody we're competing with is going to go get one or two bats, and then if we go get one or two bats, we're going to be exactly the same spot we were, not better than the other guys. We need to go all in. And I don't I don't know. I'm afraid he's not going to do it as per usual. I got you. I appreciate the phone call, man. Yep. Here we go, Grant. Should we do this now or should we do this after the break? Uh, let's do it now. <sighs> 280 what plus we- bats. Yeah, I was going to say, there's not many. <laughs> Listen. Pull up the list. Listen, first of all, regarding the fact that they need two guys that hit around 300, Andrew Benatendi hits 300. Do you know what he doesn't do, Grant? Uh, what doesn't he do? He doesn't hit home runs. He doesn't hit for extra oh, bases. He is. He will be close to Christian Yelich in that spot. So getting him, that doesn't really do it for me, but he hits 300. It's not all about batting average here. Like, I'm yes, not in on Benintendi. I'm with you on this. They all, the team needs to hit better. We know that. That goes without saying. But at the same time, they're a 237 hitting team. That is 23rd in baseball. But if you look at on base, they are 14th in baseball. What does that mean? They get on base more than more than half of the league. Hitting a single and getting a walk is not that different. What still need, what, you know, do you still desire from this team? Slugging percentage, you may ask. Production. Well, guess what? They're in the top 10 in baseball and slugging percentage. You look at OPS, top 10 in baseball. It's not as bad as everyone is making it out to seem just because they're hitting 237. Half of the guys that are hitting in the 280s and 290s, do you want to go out and get? Guess what? They can't hit for power. So what does that bring you? I would argue nothing. That is all. I don't want to base a move off of batting average alone. I love batting average, but you need to be able to, you know, like Ben Benintendi, a 300 hitter who doesn't drive the ball, doesn't hit doubles, doesn't hit home runs. The Brewers actually are doing a pretty good job getting guys on base. They have their bad moments too, like any offense, I think in 2022, but there's a lot of games where they leave a lot of runners on base and they're just lacking that one big hit. And council will say that in every press conference ever, they're coming up one hit short. They need a guy who can hit a double, who can put one down the line, who can drive the ball a little bit. And they don't really have that guy right now. Yeah. They need consistency. It really just comes down to that where Adamus will get hot, but Telez will be cold. Telez will get hot. The rest of the lineup won't do anything. Yelich will finally start hitting. Nobody will knock him in. I I think it's really that simple. They need better. They need to play better. We know that they need better players, but I don't think it's all about raising their batting average up to 256. It's not all about that. No. And I like batting average. I, on the spectrum of, how people talk about baseball these days. I'm, I'm very pro batting average still mattering. Um, but just getting a guy who hits 300 isn't going to solve all their problems. I'm with you. 877-867-1670. A lot more to come on the Brewers, on the Packers as well. We'll touch on that on the NBA Summer League, maybe a little bit. So I'm sitting here in the studio, Grant, watching Tiger Woods play practice rounds at the Open Championship. Could get into it. 
A little, eh, I mean, n- not tremendous. I mean, he looks like Tiger, so he looks amazing. But yeah. in the grand scheme of things, I'm sure he's not fully healthy, but we'll see. I think he can win this week. We'll talk about that a little bit coming up as well. It's Ben Kenny and Grant Bills in for Bill Michaels. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Teams in baseball in batting average this year. How many do you think right now are not playoff teams? Well, just my first thought is most teams in baseball stink because most teams are trying to be good. Uh, so of the top 10, how many are playoff teams? Is that top, what you're asking? Top 11. I, I chose an arbitrary number. Because I'm sure there's a team at 11. Uh, I'm going to say half of them to more than half aren't playoff teams. Yes, out of the top 11, five, actually a little bit less than half, are not playoff teams. The Red Sox are number one. They're hitting 261. They are, I believe, a wild card team if the season ended today. I, I'll work to confirm that. The Colorado Rockies are second. They suck. The Toronto Blue Jays are third. They're good, though. They're contending for a wild card. They might not even be in the wild card right now. Uh, they are. They're tied with Seattle. So I, I'll give them the benefit of that doubt. The fourth are the Chicago White Sox, who are a gross, gross disappointment at this point. They are not in a playoff spot if the season ended today. The New York Mets are. They're a great team. The Twins are. Good team. Dodgers are. Good team. There's your top seven. The Braves as well. Uh, in a wild card spot, the Cardinals, if I look at the NL right now, they're actually, are they're tied. So I'll give them the benefit of the doubt there. But then the Nationals are number 10. They're horrendous. The Cleveland Guardians are number 11. They're bad too. So that's the top 11. Five of the top 11, not playoff teams if the season ended today. If I move over to the top 11, or we'll do the same, or top 10 teams in baseball in OPS right now, Grant, how many of those teams do you think are not playoff teams? OPS? Yes. The, top 11? The, the top 10 teams in OPS. I would say a larger number are, I'd say we have more playoff teams. I'd say OPS is more reflective of winning. All 10. All 10 wow. teams. So I was right. Yeah. That are yeah. leading baseball in OPS are playoff teams. The Yankees, obviously, number one. The Dodgers, two. Best teams in baseball. The Braves are three. The Blue Jays are four. The Astros are five. The Minnesota Twins that the Brewers will see are six. They're in the playoffs, right? I, I, I'm not crazy about that. Yeah, yeah, they're leading the, the Central. The Red Sox are seven. The Phillies are eight. And the Brewers are nine. So, and, and the Mets are 10. Another great team. So I say, like, I'm not trying to go crazy with all these numbers, but when it comes to which, who are the guys that can come to Milwaukee and produce and how can we see whether they'll do it? How can we try to analyze what producers the Brewers already have on their team? I don't want to just look at a guy that hits 280 and say, bring him in. He'll really help this lineup. He'll be this great hitter. It's like, yes, you need guys at the top of the lineup to set the tone for everybody else. There is something to be said about timely hits. But to me, I try to find some sort of causality instead of just something being correlated. I, I want to find why teams are good and why they're so productive and the numbers like OPS are ones that teams that hit for more power where you put all the numbers together because batting average doesn't include walks, right? The Brewers draw a lot of walks. Um, when you look at OPS, I, all top 10 teams are, are playoff teams today. If you look at average of the top 11, only six are. That's my point. 
I think batting average, we've lost our way a little bit. I'm, I'm willing very much so to admit and to understand that batting average isn't everything. I think the only hanging point I have with batting average is when someone's hitting 190 and you're like, oh, well, batting average doesn't matter. Well, if you're hitting 190, it matters a little, though. Like it, it's got to matter a little bit when it's that bad. But Adamas' OPS is the worst part about his play this year, right? If his batting average is a little low, but his power numbers are up, okay, but the OPS can't be under three or whatever ridiculous number it on is. On base, right? yes. That's, yeah. Yeah, his on base is 289. That's horrible. Oh. oh. So that is where we should look. The batting average has been bad. I agree. He's also not getting on base. So he has hit for power, and the OPS is okay. But, yeah, I think when you look at his shortcomings, he just doesn't get on base. That's the clearest example. And a lot of times that could just mean, like, if you went up to the plate and looked at every pitch you saw, could you walk at a clip high enough to raise an OPS above 280 or whatever you said it was? There was actually a study, a YouTube study done, awesome video, about what if Barry Bonds played without a bat? Yeah, And it was still Barry Bonds and the pitcher still pitched to him the same way because of the number of intentional walks he drew in his career and how scared pitchers were to actually face him. I think they concluded in 2004, I think his OPS was around 1400. I think it's the highest we've ever seen when he just went crazy. And the second best in the last, I don't know how many years was like 1250 OPS. I think they said... His OPS bonds would have been above 1,200 if he played without a bat because of how scared yeah. everyone was of him. That's, that's what I'm saying. Neither here it's nor so there. It's so hard to have an OPS as low as Adamus has. Yeah, so I, I didn't mean to go on a stat rant, but I've just been thinking about that for a while because like the, the team, I'm not trying to say they're, they don't need to get better. They do, but they do things better than people think. I think I just think it's because we're coming off this like they went four and six against two horrible baseball teams. So I think everyone is kind of overcorrecting in the bad way, right? When they go and let's say they go and win three out of four in San Francisco and head into the all-star break, everything will be good. Oh, this is what I said yesterday. Like Brewers fans on Sunday were like, they're not going to spend any money when it comes time for the ballpark improvements in 10 years. Atanasio is going to move the team. They're not going to pay Corbin Burns. And on my show yesterday, I'm like, wait a minute. So if they won two extra games last week, are we talking about any of these things? No. And if the Brewers have a nice week, they won't be cheap. David Stearns will be smart and does a good job of allocating money, a small market budget. It's just uh, the way we talk about this team ebbs and flows way too much based on winning and losing way too much. Yeah, I got you. All right. When we come back. It's the Bill Michaels Show, Ben, Kenny, Grant, Bills. Grant's going to tell us what in the world happened last night in the NBA Summer League because I didn't watch. I can't tell who won. Apparently, there was some controversy. We'll hit it next. It's the Bill Michaels Show. Ready? This is the Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back in Bill Michaels Show. Ben Kenny Grand Bills, 877-867-1670. Coming up in a couple minutes at the top of the hour, my guy Asher Lowe, uh, NBA lover. I think he is one of the most crazy NBA followers I have ever met. He's at the Summer League. He was at the Bucks game last night, not partying in Vegas, so we're going to get the lowdown on that first, but also about how the Bucks looked, how the young guys looked. Grant, what in the world happened last night? 
So the quickest way to describe this without any unnecessary details, the Bucks and the Celtics came down to the wire. Bucks were up, I don't know, five, six points, something comfortable with a minute to go. Then the game got tight and it slowed down. And at one point, Mamu throws down this hammer dunk to take a lead by one point. And then there's this long review. No one knows what it's for. Big dunk, by the and way. After- I saw that huge dunk, cool awesome dunk. dunk in a big moment to take the lead. And then there's this long review. No one knows what's going on. And then no explanation. They come out of the review and just give the Celtics two points. Huh? No one knows why. Like they missed a basket somewhere. I don't know. Have we and figured it out? No, the announcers at the time were like, these young men deserve better than this. <laughs> and then the other guy would say something like, hey, you got to remember it's summer league for the officials too. Ha, ha, ha. And it's, <laughs> whatever. No one really cares. It's summer league. So the Celtics are up two or one at this point, they go down, Bucks get a stop, they come back, Gio Vildoza, or no, the other guy, who cares? Who cares? He, gets, <laughs> he, gets a, he goes to the free throw line, hits both free throws, Bucks are up one now. The Celtics drive down with like six seconds left, and Matt Ryan, the basketball player, not mm. the football player, takes the ugliest running heave at the buzzer I've ever seen. It banks in, and when he lands he messes up his ankle and he's writhing in pain as everyone in the gym is celebrating could not have been more bizarre, man. And I'm sitting there at this point, I'm like three beers in. Cause I decided at halftime, I wasn't not going to drink beer. <laughs> um, and I'm just like, okay, it was a fun game. Mamu actually looked great. I loved watching Mamu and Bochamp a little bit too, but especially Mamu, but the last minute should have been quick and easy summer league. Doesn't matter, but it was so painful. Looks like a packed gym. I'm interested to hear what Asher thought being there. I did see a cool story. Matt Ryan, who you mentioned, was driving DoorDash a year ago. Really wasn't anywhere. So getting that moment, he was very emotional after the game. Cool story. The whole ring thing for the summer league. I don't know if I'm in on it, but whatever. It's typical our generation stuff. Yeah, uh, participation trophy, I guess. No, I think it's cool. Uh, Asher Lowe, he's going to join us next to talk about the game, about how the young Bucks look, about Johnny Davis, all that stuff. Stay right there. It's Ben Kenny and Grant Bills in for Bill Michaels. The Bill Michaels Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.